Hello Sobertown. Welcome to Sobertown Podcast. This is Todd Crafter. I'm a blog and podcast contributor at SobertownPodcast.com. Today I'll be recording another Sober Toolbox blog for better accessibility. To see the original article, references and a broad range of sober living resources, visit SobertownPodcast.com. Today's podcast is the Sober Toolbox Spatial Association. Now, if you'd like to reach me for any questions or comments, please email me at soberaustralia at gmail.com. So, Sobertown, to continue to build our Sober Toolbox requires a discussion of triggers, and one of these drinking triggers is our spatial association between locations, occurrences, and drinking. Spatial association refers to how one phenomenon is related spatially to the distribution of another. An example, electrical appliances are spatially associated to power outlet locations. This concept can be used to describe not only how physical objects are associated to one another, such as poo is related to toilet, hopefully, but can be used to describe thoughts and actions being spatially associated with particular locations. Over years and years of experiences, we consolidate and ingrain what is normal to us in particular situations. Nobody wrote the rule book on what is or is not normal. This is generally based simply on social norms and participation with common group activities. And in this, our normal can absolutely be shifted and changed over time. Now, the most obvious spatial association relating to us and our journey between environment and activity is pub or bar and drinking. The correlation between these places and activities are as strong as poo in toilet. And the example of this association being untrue where individuals are located in a bar and not drinking are about as rare as the poo that landed on the floor. Doesn't happen often. Usually it's due to an unusual circumstance, but it can happen. You as an ex-drinker, or perhaps listening to this during the phase of your life where you're planning your sober life and are currently a drinker, have associations between locations, experiences, and drinking alcohol. The associations are worryingly numerous for some of us, and most certainly were for myself. The associations are well ingrained and generally strong. Think about your association locations or activities. I'll outline some of my major associations just to give you the idea. I used to go camping a lot. I still do. And camping is something I deeply love. It's wonderful to be outside in nature, to walk in a fresh cool creek, to see new places and to light a fire to remove ourselves from the normal attachments and distractions of life. However, after a certain age, I began to drink when I was camping. And eventually, every camping trip would be associated strongly with drinking. In fact, to camp without drinking would have felt very unusual, felt wrong or even kind of painful. So I trained myself to believe without meaning to, that camping was associated with drinking. And sadly, as with many experiences, camping became better described as drinking in the bush rather than camping and experiencing nature. 
Camping was associated with the addictive pathway of drinking for me. They'd become firmly intertwined. Eventually, life became an example of drinking at, insert current location. Camping was associated with drinking very strongly. Now, when I left alcohol behind, I went camping relatively early in my sober journey. And to say that I felt like my world was distorted was an understatement. When I was out there and the distraction of setting up camp was over, my mind began to feel like someone was slowly screwing giant rusty screws into it at multiple locations, turning a half turn at a time and then moving on to another one. I even wonder if my face looked twisted externally to others at the time. It may have. My mind was confused and taxed. Camping meant drinking, and here I was, camping and not drinking, and it was very difficult to comprehend. Logically, the absolute last thing on earth I should want to do while camping is drink. The whole point and enjoyment is to experience the world as it is naturally, to touch base with our roots and our ancestors, to sleep rough, to see the stars, and to stare into a hot fire to talk meaningfully with no distractions. Camping is the ultimate representation of experiences that sobriety heightens. Alcohol detracts from every one of these, but nonetheless, I associated camping with drinking, and so it felt really wrong not to be. Another is live sports. Live sports are an event which I associated with drinking. Go to the footy, buy a beer, watch footy, Again, repeat, the addiction pathway in my mind was intertwined with being at a spectator sport location and watching live sports. Spectating sport was drinking to my mind and its neural circuits. But here's the reality. Obtaining beer at a sporting venue is terrible. The lineup's huge. The shuffling around people and seating is annoying. The price of beer at stadiums is astronomical. The wait time detracts from a lot of the actual playtime you can watch. And the additional trips to the toilet are unnecessary dives into the cesspool of that which is male public toilets. Especially when we're filled with beer and meat pies, this is cringeworthy. Yet logic doesn't apply when the pathways in our minds are set and built and strong. Price or lineups become irrelevant to the irrationality of the addicted pathway as it fires. We will go to unusual lengths to follow the path it believes is correct for us. Obviously, the pub, bars or breweries are trigger locations. I need not go into depth on this one. These establishments exist only to feed the pathway we wish to destroy. It is what it is. So hopefully you get the idea. Each of us as drinkers or ex-drinkers are likely to have many associations which trigger. The associations are locations, events, days of the week, and when we get deep into it, even certain thoughts are associated with drinking. The excellent news is this. These associations between locations, events and drinking were built over time in our mind. Again, I'll repeat, neurons that fire together, wire together. The pathway in our mind linking these to alcohol were wired in 
and they can be unwired to make way for a new pathway in our mind. This is gradual, but with every return to events which I would have once associated with drinking, it became more normal to attend as a non-drinker until currently, at a young amount of time into my sobriety, I can go camping, I can go to the river, I can go to the football, and I can even go to the pub and not drink, and I feel almost zero anxiety, which was not the case to begin with. I have no more rusty screws probing my brain. And on a brighter note, I can now enjoy these experiences for what they are and what they should be, rather than floating from one activity to another and having it revolve around the next drink. When you quit, you need to be aware of your associations because they're likely numerous and thick in your life. You need to know how being in these situations makes you feel and be ready to simply remove yourself if the association is so strong that the voice grows loud. Just don't listen to it and remove yourself if you are not comfortable. This is a selfish journey to begin with. It must be. Remember, if you find an event or location difficult and the association draws emotions and unwanted thoughts, that this is not forever. Your mind will rewire in time if you challenge it to do so. One of the most important things to be aware of is who, what, or where will trigger your circuitry to start salivating over the act of drinking alcohol. Once you are aware of the people, places, or activities which will trigger you, then you can be prepared to battle these thoughts or to accept that you may not yet be ready, and then you can try again later. Challenging yourself is a personal choice. I can't advise anybody one way or the other, and I don't know the right answer here for you. But this is your journey, and these feelings are yours to gauge. But what I can do is explain my experience. A pub, for example, caused me anxiety to a point. A weekend away caused me to have immense cravings. A mountain bike ride caused me to desire drinking after I was finished. Early on in sobriety, I limited my contact with experiences I knew had strong associations with drinking. I carefully selected what I felt I wanted to trial and when. I knew which experiences were most triggering and proceeded slowly to locations that had the strongest link to drinking in my mind. For example, the brewery. I chose to ride my mountain bike as it's one of the most beloved activities to me and it was only a few short trips before I simply felt no draw to alcohol after returning from a ride in the forest with friends. Eventually, I chose to eat a meal, lunch, at the local pub. I was anxious. My heart rate was higher than normal, and I felt a little distorted as I watched others day drink and saw myself seated in the location in which I would never have made the decision to not drink in my past, but I did it. It was uncomfortable, but I did it. Actually, it sucked. I'm a leg bouncer, one of those annoying people who bounce their whole leg up and down as an anxious or nervous response. Sitting in the pub for the first time, attempting to challenge my old pathways to change, caused my leg to bounce so heavily that I may have almost knocked items off the table multiple times. I also live on the same street as a brewery, 
The owner is a good friend. I avoided the brewery and him for months. I'd wave as I went by, but not stop to chat. And I felt bad, but I had no real choice. Eventually, I tested most of these events and locations with a plan and a readiness to leave instantly and a resolute, determined mindset that I was going to be okay and I was going to consume absolutely no alcohol, no matter what. And I survived. I'm very glad that I gradually retrained my mind to not feel like these experiences should be associated with alcohol. Now I feel free. It took over eight months to feel completely free of the link between locations and drinking, but for the most part I do now. I'm no longer limited in where I feel like I can go and to know how I'll feel in these situations. I can now go to the brewery. My friend the brewer jokes with me and gets out the water and lemon and if he can accept, anybody can accept. I go to the pub and the owner talks to me about the types of zero beer on the market. I go camping and I see the sky, I see the trees, smell the air. I feel alive. I feel what we were made to feel in our natural environment. I go to live music and I feel the music, I watch live sport and I actually focus on the game and need few trips to the dunny. I recently had a friend stay with me for a long weekend and I love this guy. I thought maybe he would abstain as it was only him and I for a few days and he knew that I no longer drink as well. But no, I watched him drink from about 10am to falling asleep at around 9pm each day. We went to the brewery, we went to the pub, and I loved his company, had a good time, love him, and I didn't drink. I didn't feel the desire to drink with him or in any location, and I attribute this to my spatial association challenges and training and my environmental conditioning. The tough thing about the way our society is set up and geared toward drinking is that we really won't be able to avoid altogether alcohol. There's advertising, social gatherings and the myriad of other experiences involving alcohol Um, and they're going to be difficult or dare I say impossible to avoid altogether and we have to live out our life. My advice would be to challenge these experiences slowly and only when ready to do so Um, But to do your best to acclimatise and train your own ability to simply be amongst drinkers and alcohol without it affecting you, without becoming an evangelist loon as well, and without having a mental breakdown if possible. All three can be tough at times, but I consider this a form of training or conditioning. We need to assimilate back into society in some form eventually. With that said... There's no real rush. There's no need for unnecessary risks. You do it on your own time. And if you're just uncomfortable or not right, you get the F out of there, just if, if you're not ready. So all of this was my experience and it was my strategy to challenge myself to be comfortable in these situations. And I don't know if this method applies to you, so be cautious. You may need to detach from these situations for longer than me and approach it more cautiously. This is your journey. But Sobertown, the tool is this. Understand and assess the people, places, experiences and activities you know that you associate with drinking. Enter these situations 
with caution and awareness without solely focusing on the link. Be prepared with an exit strategy and bailout support and be selfish if required. Safely probe your reaction to these experiences over time and return in whatever capacity you can until these places are no longer a threat. If there are places which just do not serve you or you feel like you'll never feel okay, it's okay just to avoid them. Don't feel bad about non-attendance of places or events. You must be selfish in sobriety, especially early on. And then know this will improve with time and with attempts to challenge your mind's triggers and status quo. That's it, Sobertown. I'll catch you later.